Grow Your Life, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to this talk about how to survive and transform your small business in the midst of the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis. My aim for you is to get you from chaos to clarity by the end of this talk. My name is Jason Scott Montoya, and I'm a B2B digital uh, freelance marketer. I'm also the author of two books, Path of the Freelancer, An Actionable Guide to Flourishing and Freelancing, and The Jump from Chaos to Clarity for Your Striving Small Business. As a result of the coronavirus crisis, we cannot escape the, Im the economic impact it is having on our small businesses across America. And this is a situation is one that requires all of us to respond. Seven years into the journey of my former marketing business, Noodlehead Marketing, I found myself in company in the midst of a, of a crisis of my own. And looking back, I realized that season prepared me in certain ways for this current crisis that we're now facing. These helpful ideas I'll share are relevant to the situation we all now find ourselves inside. And my extended experience is one I'm grateful for having equipped me, even though it was one of the most difficult seasons of my life. Now, while I wanna give you and your company the best fighting chance possible, I also realize that the magnitude of the coronavirus crisis is so drastic and widespread that it's inevitably going to cripple many companies, including the heart of America's smart, small businesses. As an entrepreneur, you face the stress and challenges that come with business ownership. So like all difficult situations that have come before, now is your time to lean into the tension and become the leader to wisely move forward. This talk will help equip you to effectively make that happen. But before we talk about transforming your company, we need to talk about the obvious and painful reality of your business and whether or not you should continue it. Now might be the time to pull the lever and channel your energy into something else. So should you continue your business or end it now? Before we talk about the next step, this is the most important thing to be thinking about. Running a business is hard. That difficulty is about to exponentially escalate. Is your company worth taking on that challenge? Even before the coronavirus crisis unfolded, were you pondering whether or not you should keep the business going? Perhaps it may be the time to shut the, little, the literal or metaphorical doors on your business. Or if not your company, it could be a department or division of your business that's been more distracting than helpful. Let me explore a few scenarios to help you decide if this is or is not the best decision for your entrepreneurial future. Perhaps your situation is one where you're learning, but the venture is not fruitful in the way that you need it to be for the current circumstances. What you are learning or not, your financial needs, or some other requirement may be more of a drag than a help right now. With the crisis unfolding, the question clearly surfaces in your mind about whether you should be spending time on this endeavor. Perhaps the venture is fruitful in some ways, but it's not the path you want to go down. You're not fully committed. And without that commitment, you're going to struggle to make it work during this tough season. You may be better off focusing on something you can get energized building. Or perhaps you launched a project or initiative with great excitement and hope, but it has not generated the expected results. And now is the time to scale it back so you can spend your energy in a different direction. Or lastly, maybe this is the right company and you do want to transform it. But the way you're running it is not working and you need to change that. Perhaps the crisis is the motivation and pressure required to make that change happen permanently. If so, I've got several insights later on to help direct you down that road. But shutting down your company is no easy decision. It comes down to understanding your personal aim and how the company is the best vehicle to accomplish that objective. 
is the company contributing to or distracting you from that ultimate aim? And if it is the right business, is it actually feasible and viable? If not, perhaps now is the time to end well and transition to something else while you have the opportunity to do so. Before we go down the road of transformation, you wanna make sure this is the business you choose to transform. So if you plan to continue your business and start the transformation process, the following exploration will best equip you to do so for your company. Consider this, whether you take the red or the blue pill from the matrix. Will you go back to sleep or you take that red pill and see where the rabbit, um, where the hole, where the, how the rabbit goes down the hole. So with that said, get, let me give you a little bit of a history on me and my, and my entrepreneurial past and, uh, and how that's informing the situation I'm finding um, myself in as well as many others. So to give you some context, um, in 2007, I launched a marketing company known as Noodlehead Marketing. A few years in, I decided to reboot the business based on my intentionality. What was the company you know, I was going to create versus I had started it um, react, reactionary and opportunistically, but I wasn't intentional. And as that unfolded, outside forces so easily shaped who I became and what we did as a company. Again, in 2013, I faced another bigger question with this company that forced me to reconcile my vocational future. This led to the decision of shutting down the business and going a different direction, which at the time I didn't know would lead to full-time freelancing as a digital marketer, which I've done for the last six and now going on seven years. In our final year of reflection during that business journey, seven years, in that final year, we took a, what, I call a, what we called a Sabbath year or sabbatical something that stems from the Old Testament and the Bible. Um, while you may or may not have much interest in these scriptures, the experiences and principles derived from that year-long experience grew me and gave me the perspective to face the current crisis in a powerful way. Perhaps these insights will help you in the way that they did for me. So how can you restructure your business to effectively survive this situation, this pandemic? As St. Augustine stated, this awful catastrophe is not the end, but the beginning. History does not end so. It is that way. It is the way its chapters open. So this historic um, figure um, you know, provides some interesting insights and inspiration as we look at our current situation many, many years later. The current crisis is going to be a storm that illuminates who your company is and what it has done well or not before the storm. Whether you can take a step back and rest in what's provided or adapt your company to the reality at hand will likely be the result of past decisions you've made and habits you've already inhabited. My intent with this webinar is to provide you with a pathway regardless of which direction you need to take going forward. The coronavirus crisis is a revealing time for both you, the leader, and your company. Here's one way you can respond. So when we leaned into the year-long process that started out wonderfully and quickly shifted into crisis, what was our guiding foundation at Noodlehead Marketing during that last year? We chose to trust and rest in what God provided. And we chose to embrace that the season would be a launching pad to whatever was next for us as a company and as individuals. We could not control the outcome, but we could, open, we could be open to how it would unfold. Within this intention and this foundation, we explored several specific principles, starting with the idea of stopping the overflowing ideas that we had. So my encouragement to you, don't launch new things or make what exists better. Consider it. As Jim Collins says in his book, How the Mighty Fall and Why Some Companies Never Get In, if you want to reverse decline, be rigorous about what not to do. Andy Stanley also says, devoting a little of yourself to everything means committing a great deal of yourself to nothing. 
If your business was anything like ours and, and this recovering visionary you hear speaking, we were chronically coming up with and starting ideas while also rampantly not finishing these many things we began. We had a wreckage of unfinished business and it was the cycle that prevented us from ever making meaningful progress beyond the revenue wall we perpetually hit. If this tendency is true of your company and the visionary that leads it, consider leaning into not cultivating new ideas and instead focus on executing what projects and initiatives you already have in place. Do what's in front of you, diligently and with excellence. In our current climate, it's going to be hard enough to get existing, client, existing clients and customers to adopt new services, but new services with strangers will be the most difficult task. Start with the easiest. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. A few words from Warren Buffett. So let's jump into the next item. Um, channel, channel, let incoming resources flow out. Act as a conduit. As you wonder about whether or not you can make payroll for your staff and seriously contemplate laying off part or all of your team, I'd like to share ideas as to how you might be able to adapt financially while retaining your team along the way. Perhaps you've heard of the idea of leadership not taking a salary or the staff getting fired. Others may have heard of furloughs or an across the board pay cut as other ways to respond to the financial situation. Or some are leaning into borrowing large amounts of debt to pay off staff instead of facing the reality at hand. Some of these may be necessary to survive, but I'd recommend fully understanding the ramifications of each before using them. Unfortunately, I see these options as unsustainable or potentially irresponsible for the amount of time I expect this crisis to unfold. With that said, it's, this is a tough situation, so I don't condemn people who have and will make the hard choices as a result of this pandemic. But I do hope to provide an alternative option, at least for smaller companies. The idea is an, incoming, uh, an income sharing program. Don't stockpile your cash, but rather share it with those who are part of your team as it comes in or doesn't. This is exactly what we at Noodlehead Marketing did during our final year. Before, the, <clears throat> before this final year began, we took everyone's salary and gave each person a weight this created a percentage of income we would all receive each month after we paid the company's expenses. During the first few months, we actually earned more than our salary before we transitioned. But as the year unfolded, our respective incomes did drop, but so did the workloads. This provided the flexibility to reward the success, but also not cripple the company with the downturn. It's an opportunity to share the burden of wins and losses for those that are willing to participate. Perhaps you could structure your employee compensation in a way that allows your team to take a percentage of income based on their pay and the amount of income and expenses of the company. If you decide to go down this road, be aware that you don't want to stretch your company's income so wide that no one earns a meaningful amount. And one other activity we did as part of was to pay some of our recurring expenses for the upcoming year in advance. This allowed us to knock out these expenses while also, um, you know, while things were at the best and then share more money later when, when income was down. If you go down this road, I recommend that not only your employees are on board with the arrangement, but also their spouse, their family. While it's possible a better alternative to being unemployed, the arrangement is not without risk. Everyone affected should be fully committed. So speaking of commitment, um, my, all, my other encouragement to small business owners is to bring loyal outsiders inside. When we shifted into our year, our final year, we had a loyal contractor that we wanted to continue working with the team through this year. So we formalized his pay with a weighted percentage, as I mentioned earlier, we made an employee. This made four of us as part of this new team with income sharing weighted pay. As you enter into this season, think about who is the loyal team and whether any reliable outsiders should be brought into the fold, assuming they'd invite the offer. Next, uh, lean into community support. 
What we quickly realized uh, and when we navigated our crisis is that doing this alone is not possible. We need others to succeed. As self-sufficient as we can be, especially here in America, we're quickly learning the lessons of humility and just how much of our success came from people and systems we had no control over or involvement in. In just a few weeks, people and companies are floundering in their little boat as the ocean storms rage around us. So manage and communicate your collective team's needs. First things first, so we need to understand what our needs are and share them with each other. Your company should have a place like a Slack channel or a Facebook group where the staff can share their needs and others can help fill them. While it may sometimes be financial, often it will be other things as well. Another wonderful benefit of this exercise out of the need itself being filled is how it will draw the community together. And it also gives you an opportunity to track the needs filled over time, which can be an inspirational reflection activity at a later time. When it comes to sharing those needs outside the company, I recommend using your discretion on a case by case scenario. Often we make ourselves quite vulnerable asking for help. So be sure to respect that act from your team to open up and treat it accordingly. Consider forgiving debts. As you enter into the season, perhaps there's a moment or when you could forgive the debts of those who owe you or your business as a way to help them out. Obviously, there may be exceptions, but consider looking at the options and see who you might be able to release from paying you back as a way to let go of that string and bless another person or company through this crisis. Next, I want to talk about rest, margin, and giving. As you enter into this new season, consider 80% as your 100% capacity in your work and home life. While the crisis first unfolds, this may be challenging, as I've found, um, but once things settle, move towards the goal of having that 20% margin. Again, 80% is 100% for you. The 20% becomes the margin that allows you to adapt and respond um, to situations that you don't expect. Because we're in this season of uncertainty, we need that margin. And as much as we hope our Herculean efforts will change the tide at the front end, doing more than trying to do more than 100%, they probably won't. So we want to pace ourselves well. The shift towards operating with great margin will be challenging, especially if your habit is chronic overcommitment. If things take a downturn, you may find that you have more than a 20% margin. As it grows beyond that, my recommendation of what to do with all the extra time you have or that you get from not commuting to work is as follows. First, complete all your projects. Get your stuff done and get ahead while you get this opportunity. Once you've gotten ahead, help other team members complete their projects so they too can get ahead. Once you and your colleagues' projects are done, use that extra time to rest, to pray, worship, um, study. If you still have time, give that time to your family and community in ways you've always wanted, but never acted or where you see there is greatest need. And finally, give your relational time to clients and those you know because of work. Reach out to them, ask them how the crisis is affecting them, discover what you can do to help make their lives and business better, even if it doesn't result in paying clients. Rest, operate with margin, and give generously. When we, look, when we took our year of Sabbath as a company, I look back wishing I would have leaned deeper into that rest component, learning from my regret after the initial adrenaline pumping craziness of the cycle um, fades, and, uh, and you can lean into it as well. So there will be downtimes. Sometimes it means to do something, sometimes it means not. If it does mean to do something, I want to share with you a five-step process to um, transform you from chaos to clarity and to get you um, on track. So the first, um, the first of them is what I call low-hanging fruit, high-impact, low-effort. This will give you the best chance possible to adapt to the crisis. 
So as it unfolds, you need to quickly respond by identifying the high impact, low effort things you can do to get wins. What emails or website homepage updates could you make to make a difference? Who could you call? What could you do to generate a win that gets you fuel for today and tomorrow? I'm seeing my clients get creative with rapidly launching programs, highly relevant to the crisis situation. I've launched this and other webinars to help others as a way to adapt myself in the case my consulting does go south. What about you and your business? What have you done in the past that has worked and you've since abandoned? Perhaps it's time to go back to those things. Second is simplify everything. Once you've tapped out of quick win opportunities, you need to look around at your business and simplify everything. What could be done more excellently with less processes? What department, initiative, or product is more of a headache and dead weight than a fruitful endeavor? What marketing or content pieces should be consolidated into a more focused initiative? Since we have limited resources and the likelihood of scarcity increasing, we need to cut out the fat and focus on what's most important. Everything, must, everything else must go. So make what's left better. Part of the reason we want to simplify everything in the previous stage is because we will take what's left and make it better. What we're left with in terms of people, projects, and processes now need attention and resources. How do you deliver your service and product with excellence time and time again? How do you focus on your marketing and sales efforts to persuade others to purchase? How do you build your brand and message in a way that compels people and companies to seek you out? Fourth, identify and fill the gaps. After we've simplified everything, made what's left better, we'll start to notice some gaps between what we're offering and what we're delivering. Note these things and focus on filling the gaps with a basic version and over time with a more developed solution. Complete your system, but don't use this as an opportunity to launch completely unrelated initiatives. And the last step of transformation from chaos to clarity is taking what you've perfected and do it over and over again as excellently as possible. Master maintenance, do it perfectly over and over again. If needed, reiterate your approach to get simpler, better, and more complete as things change. While it's challenging to generically apply specifics of these efforts to your business, these strategic directives will give you the framework to transform your business into what it needs to be to survive and thrive beyond this crisis. You'll need to reflect on what that means for your business. To recap, ask yourself these questions. What easy wins are available to us? What could we stop doing or consolidate that would allow us to focus on what matters? Of the initiatives we retain, how can we make them even better? Are there any gaps that would bolster up our primary offering? And how do we attract and execute on offerings over and over with excellence? In order to do this, it's going to require that you become the leader you need to become to do this and lead your team accordingly. So you must level up to effectively lead your company through this crisis. Keith Eigel in his book, The Map, says the following about the connection between personal transformation and the company's growth. If we wanna change our organization, we've gotta start by changing ourselves. Vertical development would entail understanding the purpose or value of conflict in a new, different, and increasingly more complete way. Challenging life experiences either accelerate or arrest vertical growth. The more challenging the experience, the greater its potential to bring about vertical development. We have a huge opportunity as leaders. This starts by facing our fears and knowing ourselves. We're often fearful even in prosperity. Now we're facing a once in a century type crisis across the globe. Our fear just got gasoline poured on it. We have a front row seat to see both our character flaws and strengths. So we each have a choice. Will we lean into our fears and our flaws? Will we live out our strengths? Don't wait for rescue. Do what you can today. I recall a season in my business where I was waiting for rescue. 
for someone to come into the business, make it work after all the fear and struggles failed to generate the success I was seeking. If I could hire the right salesperson, the perfect project manager, or the go-getting director of operations, we'd finally be saved and get the target, get to the target destination, get to the finish line. And I waited, and it didn't change my circumstances or level of contentedness. Finally, I ran into the author of a book about uh, five fishermen that were lost in the ocean for nine months. It was called The Fourth Fisherman. His name was Joe. I asked him what, uh, why three of the, the five survived and, and two of them died. And the two that died waited for rescue, hoping a boat would save them from the hard reality they faced. The three that lived embraced reality and did what they could each day to survive. It's not easy to catch and drink turtle blood or your own urine, but the three that survived did what was necessary while also taking care of each other. And they happened to have a, a Bible on board and they read that as well. When he contrasted those that survived and those that did not, I realized I was like the two that perished, waiting for rescue. and inspired me to stand up with my shoulders straight and do the hard things I had pushed off. So lead courageously, operate wisely. You have a choice now too. As Luke Skywalker says, it's the destiny of the Jedi to confront fear. And for successful leaders, the same is true. You can cower in fear or overreact out of panic, but that won't save you or the people you care about. Instead, it's about leaning in, humbling ourselves, and accepting that we are simply a small boat tossed around by the waves of the storm. Any control we thought we have is now out the window, but perhaps in that glimmer of reality is our moment to do something small that will lead to something big. So build relationships, be an expert at filling the gap, communicate, 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 act decisively, provide clear direction, and bring others along. On the practical side of things, I mentioned lean into relationships. They matter more now, and the fruit of doing so will make the biggest difference over the next months to follow this as this crisis unfolds. Be an expert at filling the gap, which is another way to say find problems and fix them <laughs> for yourself, the people around you, and the clients you serve. Again, communicate, communicate, communicate. In, a, in this pandemic season, we cannot communicate enough. Keep people updated on what's going on, what you need, and stay connected with your clients and staff. They need your leadership and reassurance. We all do. From this internally grounded place, act decisively, provide clear direction, and bring others along in your direct on your decisions as well as to why you're making them. Don't leave people in the dark as to what you're doing and why. You can have the plan, but the uncertainty is certain to change the game in ways you can't expect or prepare for. You've got to be flexible. Expect the unexpected, but know that to truly transform and lead your company will require you change through this unexpected season. As the last comment in this in this particular section, um, I'll leave you with the following quote from Haruki Murakami. <laughs> Once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what the storm is all about. So let's talk about setting up a strong foundation for your business to weather the storm. John Maxwell says, if you can't communicate your vision and you can't connect with people, you're going to have a really difficult time as a business leader being successful. In times of, of thriving or survival, that's true. So I won't spend a lot of time on this topic, but I do want to sharply lean into the necessity of getting clarity on this today. And hopefully you've already done it. So let's talk about the formula for intentionality. If you've not yet done the work of clarifying your organization's intentions, sit down and make it happen today and over the next week. Don't push off the most important aspect of running your business successfully. This is the clarity you need to move forward. Here are the questions to guide you through 
towards clarity on purpose, mission, vision, and values. Purpose, why does your company exist? Vision, what's the end game you have for your clients, your staff, and yourself? What's the world you're creating? Mission, how will your company live out its purpose and move towards the vision? Values, within what guidelines will you operate? What will drive the way your company staff conducts itself and you as the leader? Lead. Figure out what your why, where, how, and know what within you drives it. With that in place, get focused on your strategic direction. Four pillars of a strong business strategy include offer, position, leverage, and promotion. Within your mission, we'll get these make up the, uh, these are sort of four pillars that I think of that make up the business mission. Offering is what is the core problem you solve and the solution you offer to solve it. Position, what is unique about your customer? Who are you solving that problem for? Leverage, what is unique about your company that allows you to uniquely serve your unique customer? And promotion, what is your plan for persuading people or companies to hire you to solve their problem in this context? Articulate your tensions and answer these strategic directives and you have the foundation to make it happen. With clarity, you can effectively communicate it with your customers and staff and speaking of your team, and speaking of your team, um, you also wanna bring them along by communicating this to them as well as staying connected. So when it comes to your loyal team, clients do not come first, employees come first. If you take care of employees, they will take care of the clients, says Richard Branson. Unfortunately, you may not have to bring, your, you may not be able to bring your whole team along for the ride through the, because of just the severity of the situation we find ourselves in and how it affects different companies in different ways so far and, and ongoing. Um, and some may not want to ride the train, <laughs> want to ride um, alongside you. Um, but for the loyal people who stay in the trenches with you, guiding them is of utmost importance and, and mentoring them is critical. So this is your opportunity for developing your team's character and fostering future leaders to grow the company. If you and your team successfully make it to the other side of this seemingly impossible scenario, there is almost no other circumstance you couldn't overcome. As you lead your team in person or remotely, stay connected with them in a regular scheduled huddle. Maybe it's a daily um, Zoom call or once a week, depending on, on what's going on, but stay connected, check in and communicate. Don't stop once the excitement and energy have waned through these first few weeks or first month of, uh, of social isolation. This quote from Ervan Chandraskaran and John Tissant say it best from a Harvard Business Review research. We saw the continuous improvement culture begin to erode when physicians leading daily huddles, short-term meetings aimed at managing quality and safety, were busy with other duties or left the primary care practice. Stay connected. If you disconnect, you start to have cultural and relational decay and you need that relational um, strength to endure the season that we're in. So let's talk about bulletproof systems. As Philip K. Dick says in his book, I hope I shall soon arrive. He says, reality is that which when you stop believing in it doesn't go away. This crisis is quickly becoming that. It is not going away and it's not going away soon. The final element you need to be considering as a small business is con continuity across uncertainty. What happens if you get the coronavirus and you're out a couple weeks? Or is your team prepared for that? What about your top leaders and team members? What if half the company gets it at once? How well will your company operate without them? You need the systems, processes, and resources in place to lead yourself, your team, and your company, regardless of the curveballs that come your way. And they're gonna come, and they're gonna come from a variety of directions, some of which you can anticipate and some you cannot. Document your systems and have a plan 
for as many of the unexpected disruptions that are at least most likely to come your way. Uh, my closing thoughts, um, the pandemic is non-discriminate, whether you're a worker or a business owner, a wealthy person or someone in poverty, the virus is catchable by all of us. We're all potential victims. And if not directly by the virus illness itself, we are subject to the economic ruin that has unfolded in its, wreck in its wreckage. On the back cover of How the Mighty Fall from Jim Collins, he says the following, whether you prevail or fail, endure or die, depends more on what you do to yourself than on what the world does to you. We all have a choice on how we respond to what often feels like an insurmountable challenge. While I can't tell you exactly what to do in this crisis, this information is intended to give you insights and inspiration to help you apply what's best for your small business to give you a fighting chance. I'll leave you with this other quote from Jim Collins in this book that will leave you with hope that no matter how dire, we always have an opportunity to turn things around. The signature of a truly great versus the merely successful is not the absence of difficulty, but the ability to come back from setbacks, even cataclysmic catastrophes, stronger than before. Great nations decline and recover. Great companies can fall and recover. Great social institutions can fall and recover. And great individuals can fall and recover. As long as you never get entirely knocked out of the game, there always remains hope. Thank you for joining me on this webinar for transforming your business while caught in the chaos of the coronavirus. If you'd like to dive into the content further, I recommend you pick up a copy of the book, The Jump, um, on Amazon. You can get, uh, you can also download um, some free chapters and other free business resources at jasonscottmontoya.com slash jump. And have a wonderful day and I look forward to hearing your successful stories of transformation in the midst of the crisis. And if you need anything, let me know. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode of Grow Your Life.